Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast Emergency Edition because today's topic is pain. Pain and what to do in a society that takes Cam Akers from us in July. Before we even got to see Cam Akers' true RB1 season, they yanked it away from us. You damn injury gods. I'm pissed, people. I hope you're pissed, too. There's some things in life to get mad at. Cam Akers tearing his Achilles in freaking July is one of them. You can take your, he only had one 100-yard game, shove it straight up there because he had two. He had the playoffs. We talked about this. We talked about why Cam Akers was the number one rising second-year running back all offseason. We talked about why he had the potential to get the Todd Gurley every down roll, more so than other players. The amount of empty, useless conversations I've engaged with people I don't even know on Twitter about Cam Akers versus Jonathan Taylor, all for nothing because he is going to miss the entire season with an Achilles injury. As we have to do in the fantasy football streets, we will move on. Wish Cam Akers the best of luck. Please recover, man. Love watching him play. Love the visors. Love everything about Cam Akers. Fortunately, he's not going to be on our television screens for quite some time, and we need to adjust, try to find out the injury ramifications of this. So that's the purpose of today's emergency podcast, and we will get right into that. So basically, guy on the end of everyone's mouth, Daryl Henderson. I get why. I told you guys in my handcuff you know, podcast and article we did last week, Henderson was someone that should have been prioritized already in fantasy drafts. And I wrote this exact paragraph in my just who are the league's premier handcuffs piece. It's certainly possible the Rams utilize a two-back committee of sorts between Akers and Henderson. Still, Akers' late-season usage makes him the favorite to see the sort of every-down role that made Gurley a fantasy superstar during the 2017-2018 seasons. Despite carrying third-round draft capital, Henderson has handled 50% of the offensive snaps in just two of his 28 career games. I'm still a fan of Henderson at his value because it seems likely that he would get the chance to work on all three downs in the event Akers is injured. The only reason he's not in the previous tier is because we haven't seen Sean McVay afford him this sort of role just yet. That's the only thing missing between Henderson, between Latavius Murray, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, even though we had the game script Atlanta game, I'll get to that, you know, Kareem Hunt. All these guys with an injury immediately go up to 80%, 90% snapbacks. I'm just not positive that's what Henderson is going to have. It's not like last year, Akers had this role all throughout the season that we had to worry about. He didn't play more than 33% of the offensive snaps in a game until week 13 last year. Now, after that, he completely dominated touch and snap share alike. It was pretty clear who the RB1 was going to be. But Henderson, again, without Akers even playing more than 33% the offensive snaps for the first 12 weeks only worked as the PPR RB 29 teammate Malcolm Brown was right behind him at the, as the RB 35. Now Malcolm Brown is now a member of the Miami dolphins. And it would make sense if Henderson being the undisputed backup that he was is now he's the starter with a uh, Agers gone, obviously maybe he gets that whole role but with Malcolm Brown, not there. Maybe we can just combine that. If we combine that, we would have had the RB4 narrowly ahead of James Robinson. So I get it. If we can get one back under Sean McVay, that's fantastic. I'm just not super convinced Henderson is necessarily that one back. They drafted him in the third round in 2019. He played behind Malcolm Brown. He played behind Dusty Todd Gurley, who they wouldn't even pay to come back. They forced him to take, you know, I, I forget the specific issues with that, but Henderson has chance in 2019, couldn't do anything. Henderson has chance in 2020, really didn't do that all that much. He was good, people. I'm not trying to say Henderson is anything other than a good NFL back. He was PFF's 15th highest graded rusher, racked up 20 runs of at least 10 yards. I mean, within the first five weeks of the year, 
he had RB11, RB11, and RB6 finishes. But we look at his, you know, per game usage. And again, this was in a time where the Rams were begging to find a new identity in the rushing game on offense. And Anderson just really didn't ever give it to him. He had the great game against the Bills, 20 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. But they never gave him more than 15 carries in a game after that. And it's the pass down worst usage, which is particularly concerning. I'm not saying he's incompetent by any stretch of the imagination, but he only caught 16 passes last year. I mean, there were, let's see, half of his games, yeah, literally eight, eight of his uh, 15 games, more than half, he had one or less targets. That is a problem. I am not sure Henderson is has the belief of the coaching staff to be the same sort of three down back that Gurley, that CJ Henderson, that Malcolm Brown, that even Cam Akers apparently earned in his eyes. So we'll see. They clearly believe in him. That's why they, you know, were, were content to let Malcolm Brown uh, leave. And we're also getting some words that, and this is courtesy of some of our always spectacular uh, fellow PFF analysts, um, courtesy, thanks to Sosa for bringing this to my attention, but from Peter Schrager, who's a great uh, Rams beat writer, Akers news is a blow of the Rams offense and more importantly, the player, he's a great kid. One note, I don't see the Rams panicking and rushing out to sign a veteran replacement in the coming days. So no, maybe not immediately in the coming days, but there is a replacement coming. And that's why I'm a little bit lower on Henderson than some other people that are firing off these like top seven, top eight fancy projections, even though we never had acres that high in the first place. Henderson right now comes in as my RB 20 and as ahead of guys like JK Dobbins, Javante Williams, Miles Sanders, and Kareem hunt, because I truly believe Henderson is going to lead this backfield and carries. But if you've listened to this podcast, even a couple times, you know, by now we are not necessarily chasing carries in fantasy particularly full point per reception formats we want all those targets and i'm concerned enough about his ability in an offense where i don't think matthew stafford is necessarily gonna go back to his theoretic days of just dumping it down every single play i know swift got his last year i'm not saying henderson couldn't catch 30 40 balls but the difference between you know a potential borderline RB one or just an upside RB two and the legit, you know, top seven guy we want Henderson to potentially be is that extra 30, 40 uh, potential targets we could not see. So I would still draft guys like Chris Carson, Deandre Swift, Travis Etienne, and David Montgomery ahead of Henderson, because I believe each of them has a better chance to lead their backfield in both carries and targets. It's a great role for Henderson. I mean, he could have enough touchdowns to make up for it, but I literally just had this article come out people where I took the expected projected fantasy opportunity for all these running backs around the league and what do we learn the grinders the early down players they need to be so much more efficient than just about anybody else in order to meet value for henderson i'm just not sure he's going to get those fantasy friendly targets because of that comes in as my rb20 if you got him in best ball you know before now you know go ahead and pat yourself on the back you're feeling pretty good uh getting this dude in the rb40 range i'm happy we did prioritize him uh in that range you know throughout this offseason for now i wouldn't you know exactly be drinking the full kool-aid of him as a top 12 back maybe the rams do add completely nobody to the offense and Henderson plays every single role. I mean, if that's the case and we see that week one snap count or not even week one, I mean, if we see preseason, preseason week one comes along, Matthew Stafford's on the field for 12 snaps, Daryl Henderson's on the field for 11 snaps, we're going to have to move the guy up 
I'm just not completely convinced again, that he is going to have the three down roll that we have never seen McVay give him to this point, moving on to the rest of the Rams depth chart. We got, it's always tough to figure out the exact uh, running back room really before preseason, and especially the regular season. You know, we got our lads, ESPN, some, you know, PFF themselves to try to do some good depth chart stuff, but we just don't know until we have the official rosters. So there's Xavier Jones, who was an undrafted free agent last year, special teamer in 2020. I mean, this dude went for 3,434 yards and uh, on the ground, 488 through the air at SMU. Aaron Donald uh, last offseason said he is a fan of what Xavier was uh, bringing to the table, you know, for what that's worth. But we have a guy here with a whopping zero career snaps as a uh, – uh, you know, professional NFL offensive player. Also, Raymond Calais, uh, like Jones, Calais made his living on special teams last year. Unlike Jones, we didn't even see the same sort of, you know, high level collegiate production. Calais is just five foot, 888 pounds. Don't think he's going to have much of a say about that early down work. We got Jake Funk, who was Los Angeles 2021 seventh round pick. You know, great name. Sean McVay called him a quote unquote mature rookie. But come on, people, if we've seen anything, I mean, Henderson, Jones, Calais, all these backs, you know, kind of got to earn your way into the offense offense with a year on special teams first under McVay. Don't exactly expect that to change here for Funk. And we also have Otis Anderson, who went for 2,100 yards rushing and 1,000 receiving yards in four years at UCF, only five foot 11 and 174 pounds, though. I just don't think he has the sort of size to be an NFL running back. So again, throughout all those guys, combined NFL snaps, zero. If you're just looking at the Rams projection today and you're saying the NFL season starts tomorrow, what is Henderson projected for? Yeah, he probably would be a top 10 back. Again, this projection as the RB20 is just based on the reality that they're going to add someone. And I think there are some relevant names we could see come here. And I don't think any of them will necessarily um, unsurp Henderson as a starter. I don't think anyone other than maybe Levy Humbell has a chance to, because we just don't see many running backs left in free agency that have the proven ability to work across all three downs. But I don't want to guarantee that because we did see CJ Anderson come take over for Todd Gurley in the midst of an absolutely incredible season. And you can say that was when Gurley's knees were going south. That was when he was getting hurt. I mean, kind of people in 2018, Gurley was just absolutely balling out the whole year. He misses the last two weeks as they're kind of resting some guys and CJ Anderson's doing his thing. I mean, week one of the playoffs, he goes for 115 yards and a touchdown on 18 total touches against the Cowboys. I mean, if he, I, that doesn't sound like to me, like a player that's so banged up, the guys can't use him. I think CJ Anderson was playing better. So Sean McVay went to him, you know, he's notoriously been pretty, you know, pull in, pull out with these uh, running backs in the, uh, in, just in his room, regardless of who they are. So I don't think anyone's going to take over as a starter, but we'll see. Gurley could be back maybe on a shorter deal. I mean, I remember the Broncos did this with Brock Osweiler and it's got to be kind of humiliating for the guy, but if nobody else is calling, you get familiar system and a chance for more early down touches. You might find elsewhere. Adrian Peterson possibility, you know, still kind of got it. Frank Gore, same thing early down. Maybe, you know, these guys also get in there. Uh, I'm going to add that article right now, actually. They got an article going out too, multitasking. Gotta love that, everybody. But there could be the Gurley, the Gore, uh, the Frank Gore, the Gore, the Gurley, the Gore, the Peterson type. I'm, I'm not sure, but those would be fun. Those would be early down players that are going to take some reps. They're going to spell Henderson from time to time, but I wouldn't be worried about them taking over the backfield. I think the bigger issues from a guys that could maybe actually take the whole thing over, Le'Veon Bell, who I get it, didn't do much of anything in a fair, of you know fellow lethal uh, Kansas City Chiefs juggernaut 
a juggernaut of an offense. I would just say, you know, with Bell, we've at least seen him work across all three downs before, similar to our next running back, Devontae Freeman, who, you know, neither of these guys have been, I guess Bell hasn't been getting hurt, but Freeman certainly hasn't been a model of good health in recent years. Still someone that, you know, if McVay is, you know, looking back on past years a little more fondly than maybe he should be, I think Freeman could spring the list. And then we just got some, you know, potential scat backs. I maintain, as always, that Duke Johnson, a.k.a. the use all-time leading rusher, is far more than a scat back. Clearly that is what, you know, the likes of Hugh Jackson and Bill O'Brien have convinced the rest of the league to believe those. So Duke's still a free agent. You know, it would be awesome to see him get another run at things and earn some pass down work in Los Angeles. We also got TJ Yeldon, Deion Lewis, Chris Thompson. I just think one of these guys, and maybe Chris Thompson, you know, I'm trying to, him and McVay probably overlapped during their time in Washington. So uh, he might feel good enough about that. And he actually stayed healthy enough for eight games uh, in Jacksonville last year. And, you know, even though James Robinson was getting a lot of their pass down work, Thompson was out there along with uh, Dari, I think, for a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of two categories, basically. Again, I don't really think that anyone, even Le'Veon Bell, will come in and necessarily seize the job from Henderson. What we want is for one of these early down, down guys to go. If we get Adrian Peterson going to the Los Angeles Rams, that is fantastic news. That means Henderson is going to be getting the pass down work. Same thing with Frank Gore. Same thing with Todd Gurley, even. Those are all going to be great news, people. No matter who they sign, Twitter's going to be freaking out. You will not be freaking out because you know that Henderson will be slotted into the pass down work if we get one of these early down grinders. If it's a scat back, again, it's not the end of the world. We're still looking at an upside RB2 that could actually just get in the RB1 territory based on being the lead back of a high-scoring offense. I don't want to come off as saying Henderson is a bad pick by any stretch of the imagination. If his you know, ADP is going as a low-end RB2 as opposed to kind of the RB20 spot I have him in, then I'll be getting shares too. I am just concerned about people you know finding their new flavor of the week and just really overreacting uh to this uh latest news so it's obviously huge we're talking about a guy that i'm moving up 20 plus spots in my rankings other people are moving up 30 plus spots i would just try to you know continue to look at the landscape and it's, it's not like you know we're in week 14 of the nfl season and we just you know yeah we're gonna take the top guy available on waivers i just still think you know guys like carson swift ETM Montgomery guys that we have spent all off season figuring out their role, confident in what they're going to be. I'm just not so confident in what we know from Henderson right now enough to put him ahead of that crop of guys. So that's going to do it for this emergency edition of the PFF fantasy football podcast. Thank you all as always for tuning in again, you know, sad, sad day here on the fantasy streets, but you know, best of luck to Cam Akers on the recovery, best of luck to Daryl Henderson and company on attempting to replace that freaking stud. So I mean, Hardison until next time, take care, everybody. 